Hey everybody, welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Middle Aged Metalheads, all you need from the folks who got it. Um, wow, we are talking this week about heavy metal duets. Now, I know you guys are getting all frothy just thinking about it, but gosh. Brand. Way to introduce the rest of us, David. Well, I'm, yeah, people know. All right. All right, and that's Colin. In the spirit of duets, this is going to be a solo show. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But anyway, I'm here with the usual cast of characters. Nobody's subbing off, nobody's new. Um, How did this come up? I I don't know. We hit rock bottom. (laughs) There's a barrel that has a bottom. And then we go beneath it. Yeah. (laughs) It was was under that barrel. It's like you tip over the barrel. It's like, oh, there's like worms. There's a hole in the ground. And duets. And then there's duets. In all all fairness, there are are some pretty good bangers out there. And duets are like a weird, they're a weird song, right? They are a weird song. But first. The Week in Metal. The The Week in in Metal. We can metal middle age, middle age, metal heads. So, hey, we're talking about uh, things that are going on in the world of metal this week in metal. Mm-hmm. And uh, here, here are a couple things. You know, you got some uh, replacement parts uh, showing up in the Motley Crue, um, I guess, ongoing stadium tour with, uh, with, with Def Leppard. You know, they're looking there to, uh, you know, extend all the magic that they had here uh, over the past summer after, like, two years sort of like uh delay to like do the stadium tour so yeah Def i was Le- in spain this week and they had posters everywhere for for Def leopard yeah. and motley coming and i i almost felt like i should warn them like oh. i should i should be running <laughs> through the streets like really giving them a heads up but i didn't so did Grosso, Grosso. i did not they were pasted to the wall what? no yeah, so, no one so, needs a poster of that to to be reminded of a, a lukewarm experience yeah, wow. yeah. right but right. again it's like, it's, <laughs> but if it's coming to spain so like okay remember that time you went to that nice leopard. city yeah and, and you, you went know. to the hotel and, and, the, and the shower was just yeah warm i saw bono in madrid that was good <laughs> there you go but I, I, the big news, of course, is that Mick, Mar- Mick Mars is basically taking it back to, uh, you know, uh, the retirement home, and he's not going to uh, join uh, the rest of his bandmates uh, when Motley Crue returns to Europe. And John Five, uh, the ma- magical musician that he is from Rob Zombie's band and from his own solo work, is going to take over lead guitar, which I guess is like a, a shot of some really fresh blood in the band so 
He's he's already posting up some uh, some stuff of him blasting out some primal primal scream and some other stuff. So I'm sure the guy is more than ready to just go out there and do it. So it's a good change. Uh, You know what I mean? They could use a shot in the arm, Mm. quite frankly. And uh, does he sing at all? Yeah, (laughs) I don't. I don't believe so. I still think that they should get. uh, Does anybody? Who was the girl you guys spoke to? Like Livewire or something? Whatever that band was. Oh, girls, girls, girls. They should get her. You'd have to maybe, get. Maybe, maybe, yeah, they yeah, should. Maybe, maybe that will happen in, in, in some event. Maybe she'll like. tour with John Five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, what, and then what will it be called? But like you know, Motley Crue. Uh, they should yeah. just. They should just do what Pantera is doing and take just take two guys from the band and then replace the other two. I mean, we only yeah. got to lose one, and there we go. <laughs> like so that and, that, and that was my other point too. Like, was uh, was Pantera launched their? Uh, I use the air quotes here that you can't see on uh, your podcast here. Um, reunion tour with, uh, reunion. of, of course, reunion? with uh, Bill Anselmo and uh, who's the bassist again? Rex Brown. Yeah, Rex Brown, and uh, of course on drums Charlie Benante, and everybody's awesome fill-in guitarist, uh, you know Zach Wild. Um, so I guess you know there, there's footage, there's there's set lists and stuff, and so far every, all the, all the reviews have been like fairly glowing-ish. So, sounded sounded better than I thought it would. Yeah, yeah. That sounded the, good. the stuff that I saw, it sounds really good. Like yeah. Phil Anselmo, his voice is holding up. It sounds pretty good. I thought it was cool five. that Zach Wilde had a uh, a dime bag model guitar, but with his target painted on it. Oh, like, yeah? That's pretty, that's cool. pretty sweet. Like, yeah. Um, I, don't like, you know, I don't like any of it, but that's cool. We're going to get into it when we get to My Week in Metal, but I'm I'm excited to see them. Yeah. Me too. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'm stealing a little bit of thunder from from your man uh, after me, and I'm going to talk about that Exhumed show. We, uh, Colin and I, have been pretty much road road dogs for the last for month. Sure. And a half. Yeah, you two are just like the Muppet movie, like in the bubble car, <laughs> just driving around seeing metal shows, and it's, it's been great, moving right it along. It's been, it's been killer. First of all, traveling by map, dude. First of all, <laughs> first of all. We went out to dinner, and so the place did. was awesome. Colin had a great burger, and he's a he's like a Google influencer. I did not know this. Mm-hmm. I am not a Google influencer. Not surprised by this. He's in really the top ten all. for like metal <laughs> venues and restaurants. Yeah, it tracks like millions of people. Anyway, so let's cut to the chase here. Four bands, killer man. Like twenty five bucks, four bands, and every one of them wrecked it. And this is not really Colin's like top shelf style of music the first band so good all female band called castrator dude their their shirts that they were selling have like the big pair of like ball scissors and on the (laughs) back it says watch your balls and they absolutely freaking destroyed the place yes they did we're so good next band comes up a squale of grind they had the best merch I've ever seen in my life. I was buying their merch before I even heard them. Then they get on stage, wreck the place. Um, they still probably came in second at that at that point for Colin because he really like, oh, you know, man, yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, Squirrel Grind uh, is 50-50, right? 
Um, and they were freaking amazing. Talked to them after the show. They were super cool. They were like, you know, in addition to, to being amazing, they were like calling out like the quality stuff and like trans rights. And it's like, if you're, if you're not into people doing their thing, then you're not metal. And I think that that's totally true. I think, you know, we should be nice. the freaking rebels of the world at every turn. And sometimes we need to reflect on ourselves and be like, you know what? People are cooler than, than stupid ideas about uh, restrictive ideas. And then, uh, oh, so next, dude, this next band was insane. <laughs> they, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. It was a lot to take there in. There was a lot going on for this band, Vitriol. So if you look up Vitriol, um, which Colin liked because it was a night, it's like in a very astute term. It is. It's smart. Um, they had like top shelf gear man i don't know where they were from massachusetts maybe or something i can't remember maybe, i forget I think where they were from new england that's where oh, all the oh, top boston. shelf it was stuff boston, is. boston dude the bass player for the band now this is the thing that caught me right the bass player i don't know if he's supposed to be the star of the show but he's taller than everybody else and i swear to you dude his fingers moved the whole time he's literally like tapping and like riffing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff the whole freaking time now the style of music that they're playing like super 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 heavy you couldn't hear a thing he was doing oh oh expensive gear they didn't plug in he had he was playing this i don't know if it was like a warwick or a specter it was a really nice freaking bass and they all got great gear and the guitar player had like this like high-end custom guitar with like dude they were good like don't get me wrong they were freaking great but the bass player man he looked at sometimes like billy sheehan and at other times like les claypool and he is like slamming around and like flying up and down the fingerboard and i'm like i'm gonna go have to listen to this later because i don't i can't hear a thing he's doing <laughs> oh shit maybe you're on the wrong side of the stage or something, something man and then we get exhumed and i'm gonna All need right. colin to weigh in on a little bit it, it they have so two with, with with our boy Matt Harvey with our right? friend Matt friend of the show Matt Harvey. Yep, they were great, man. They have two TVs on stage and they're playing like horror movies and autopsies on the screens during the I've show. That bar, which is super cool. Um, they are introduced by a doctor who comes out in scrubs and mask and a and a kind of like I guess like a sexy horror nurse. Yeah, I guess something like that. They were covered in blood and they were covered in blood. And at one point, there's like a guitar solo <laughs> where the guy comes out with a guitar made of metal and an angle grinder, and he is like throwing sparks into the crowd. That part it was is, cool. It is a freaking sideshow festival, and it's amazing. It's the kind of thing that even if you don't like the music, it's it's good. And Matt Harvey's a cool freaking dude. I wish we could have stayed. Like I, I can imagine, you know, he was saying when we met him, he's like, "I'll be at the bar after the show." Um, we didn't stay. It was late for both of us because um, everything was running a little bit behind. But I would have loved to just sit and chew the fat with those dudes after the show. It was awesome. I got to tell you, man, for twenty five bucks, I'll see almost anybody. Um, I mean, not Iron Maiden. But <laughs> no, not Iron Maiden, and not for free. No, that wasn't twenty five bucks. <laughs> it was so good, and it's it was a Johnny Brenda's down in Fishtown, which is a, a really killer venue. It's it's intimate. Nice. We, there's a balcony. Uh, we just had a great time getting to you know really uh, get intimate with uh, with everybody because <laughs> it's kind of small. But all you know, but the bands were cool and they were there hanging out. Um, 
I got like a total drummer crush on the castrator drummer. So freaking fast, man. We're just like standing up there, like nudging each other, like pointing her hands. She's like on the snare drum, too. It's just nuts. Um, But man, what a great show. I wish I I, got to look and see. Somebody's always videotaping these shows. I got to look and see if that shows on on YouTube because it was amazing. That's all I got. It really was. I'm just going to follow up, uh, David, here, if you don't mind. Um, it, when you see, at least for me anyway, it's it's sometimes when you see bands that are less known and probably still slightly raw and learning and, and cutting their teeth in this business, when the when the more polished seasoned band comes on, there's something that, that I sometimes forget how polished some of these older bands, like I had never seen Exhume before. I'd never listened to them much. David talked about them, checked them out a little bit, but I I was never into them back in the day. And I saw Carcass for the first time uh, earlier that week with David. And, uh, you know, these are bands that he's loved and, and grew up on. So you're, you're watching these, at least for me anyway, again, maybe newer bands, less established bands, loving what they're doing, really having a good time. Then these, these major bands come on that have these histories that I've never experienced before. And exhumed and carcass both just i i was i was in awe of how much they were how much power and how much presence and how much they can make uh this type of music just consume you i was really impressed by exhumed and again really impressed by carcass i'll get to that one a little bit more in in a few minutes but like uh, david said johnny brenda's had never been there before it's got three levels bar and then a floor of music and then the balcony bands all over the place merch all over the place people all over the place it was a really really cool venue i really had a good time and and, uh, as david pointed out all four bands were absolutely amazing there was not a point in the show where he and i were like "Eh." it was every time every band that was on we were like wow this is this is all just great stuff there is a lot of lot of energy on this fucking metal lives in fish town and it's awesome And like I said, I drug David to go see Amana Marth and uh, Carcass uh, maybe three or three or four days before, and uh, you know I was really psyched to go to see Amana Marth. Um, I also drug my buddy Shane down there as well. So the three of us, I was really excited to see them. I, as I mentioned, I'd never seen Carcass. Really liked the set. Carcass, the crowd really responded. A lot of energy, and, and the crowd responded. Then Amana Marth came on, and if you've never seen them, it, it's. It's just such a if you now he's chuckling, but if, yeah. if if you're like me and you like anthemic, did you do the rowing? You know, I did not because I was kind of on the not on the side side, but like maybe three quarters back. I couldn't really get to there. the row. Well, I guess I could have pushed my way up if I wanted to, but um, it was it's, if you like anthemic crowd based fun Viking metal. That, that's that's your spot, and I'm you know I thought every song is great. The stage presence is great. Excuse me, stage presence is great. I, I had such a good time, and a couple times I looked at David and Shane, and they were smiling at me, and it was half the smile of, "Hey, this is kind of neat," and the other half of the smile was, "I don't know about this." Yeah, but disappointed they, parents <laughs> watching their child. <laughs> like, what I the mean, it's, I gotta tell you, it's one of those. First of all, I was coming from work, I missed Carcass, which I'm so sad about that. Um, Amonomarth, I it's one of those bands I totally understand why people like them. They're good. They're not my thing, but they're good. They're really well put together on stage. Like they've got this stuff down. Um, they've got great visuals. They've got huge like screens built into stuff. So like underneath the underneath the drummer is like a huge skull with like, 
flames. Like See, it's, that's the thing. I don't even like their music. And I saw a few of the videos online, and I was like, I want to see this. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm not, not, not going to lie. It was worth seeing. And then after all of this, dude, a freaking dragon, like a, an inflatable yeah. dragon just like grows out of the thing. And like, oh, I mean, it was a yeah. spectacle. You know, you could have saw that on the Sacred Heart Tour also, 1986. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah. or Yngwie Malmsteen. There you yeah. go. Probably the same dragon. Trilogy cover. They might have yeah. gotten it used. <laughs> but... You know, the thing is, they do that row thing, man. I took a video of it. I showed my kids, and they are just like, what? I'm like, I've been on the pit floor before. Like, I would not get down on the floor for anybody. <laughs> not for money. Like, I, Anthrax, I got down on the floor because I dropped my glasses. That's about it, dude. Like, <laughs> dude, if you lost a contact, oh my gosh, just go Mr. home. Magoo. Just get a new go home. Just get an Uber and go home, dude. Just die. Just roll over and die. Because those guys may have well just stayed there. Because they would have soaked up everything that was on the floor. Right, like they should not go home ever. Um, but no, I mean, I get it. I get why people love them. They're very. There's a lot going on. Now, here's the thing that struck me: when the music was kind of like building and everybody was standing still, the place smelled like feet. But as soon as people started like banging their heads, it smelled like that really good Aussie shampoo. <laughs> Not, not sure I, I did not is. notice that this bench. So no, no, no. That Aussie brand. It's like that real. Like these guys really take the, the audience. Really took care of their hair, but they could use some deodorant and some. Okay. Wow. Well, uh, there, there you go. We've got some. These uh, guys are looking for an endorsement. We've got some hygiene <laughs> tips from David Tippity. <laughs> oh, you grossy metalhead. Fact in Tenac. Grossy Aussie metalheads. So I have I have to say to finish my weekend medal. So now that 2022 is done, I, I saw 38 shows this year, which Fuck. which is one every 9.6 days. That's, that's basically like almost one a week. That's more than yeah. most middle-aged men do anything. Yeah, just just the, just the, the things that you did 38 times. Mow the lawn? No. Nope. When uh, it, when is Ricky Rackman's show, Mike? That is that is this Sunday. Okay, uh, Colin will hit that. Nah. It'll be too, it'll be too much for him to take. Like if you're heading down there, he's gonna start agitating, and it's like Cheryl's just gonna have to give in to that one. And like, <laughs> tickets are twenty in a row. Bucks. <laughs> like we're, Cheryl, the guys we're, are we're, all going. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna hang out and have drinks with the dude afterwards. Oh I'm I'm sure you will, but I. Uh... We'll see what 2023 holds. Uh, I know John's going to talk Metallica in a minute, so uh, that'll that'll start us off. But I also heard Anvil going to be at the Sellersville. So right what? there, Anvil I, in April. Plenty of tickets available. So right there's two shows. Meet and okay. Greet. All right. So what, what, once I, once I see Meet and that greet at the bar next door. We're going to get tickets for that. That's That'll be, that'll be tits. Awesome. <laughs> yes, it will. Literally. All right, John, what you got for us? All right. About the, the big... The big weekend metal story this week. Metallica had a surprise single pop out. I like. Uh, I I feel like it all happened in like two days. They're like, okay, album's coming out this day. Here's the song. Here's the video. Tour goes on sale tomorrow. <laughs> like, usually, I know you were poorer in two days. Yeah, that's for you had more sure. money two days before that conversation. Yeah, happened. I mean, like. I feel like like the the album cycles and the touring cycles these days, there's a lot of buildup towards something before something goes on sale. You know, they're 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 talking about 
this tour is coming up, this album's coming up, like, and, and you have you have a bit more uh, like fair warning. And and Metallica, I kind of like the way they did it, to where it was just like, boom, here's yeah. new music, new tour. We're gonna see you like. Here's the plan. Tune and you know what? I gotta say, hats off to their. You know, there was a lot of talk about uh, how Taylor Swift sort of broke Ticketmaster with her tour because so many tickets had uh, had gone on sale at once. I gotta say, the the Metallica on sale went super smoothly. They're not playing as many shows as she is. Yeah, but they had like five or six levels of pre-sale, which they sounds really, stupid. That's true, but it it's sounds a good stupid. Idea. But yes, it onboards the system, which which makes it to where like tiers are buying at different times you, and you've not everything imagine, crashes. You've got to imagine like half the people who were in the queue for Taylor Swift didn't even have a pre-sale code. 100%. They just wrecked the system. Yes, and then and then a whole other chunk of people didn't realize they were gonna have to drop like two or three hundred bucks to get seats. Like that, yeah, that didn't two or three hundred bucks for Metallica is the service charge. Like, so. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I will say, you know, their their tour it sounds awesome. It's every city they're playing they're playing football stadiums. The tour the stage is on the fifty yard line in the round. In every stadium they're doing, they're playing a Friday night and a Sunday night in mm-hmm. each city. Not one song repeated between each show. I, I think, you know, you buy your ticket, it gets you into both shows. I think it's sort of a brilliant business move. And it's also one that not a lot of bands could do. Well, like, that's, you know, they've got different openers for both nights. The opening right. acts not, couldn't pull it off. Well, night, night one, Pantera and Wolfgang. Uh, Mammoth WBH Night Two is Five Finger Death Punch and Ice Nine Kills, also known down. as. At least I know what time Metallica goes on from night one. <laughs> <laughs> oh heck no! I have a luxurious dinner plan before Go I head bands, into the guys. Night two. Don't miss those bands. I'll tell you what though, I've got better tickets for this Metallica show than I've had for any football game I've ever been to. <laughs> That's for sure. I got, I got a snake pit ticket. I'm on the 50 yard line inside the stage. Nice knowing so. you. This, hey, this look, man. This this show, this this tour should be sponsored by Task Rabbit, Indeed, and whoever that guy is who like who like defends men who are getting divorces. <laughs> because guys are gonna get like second and third jobs, and they're gonna get apartments because because they dropped like two thousand dollars to see like. 70 minutes of music yeah oh more than 70 minutes that's colin's event of the year i mean yeah. that, like those bands no, the opening axis is event of the year yeah but that i mean d- here's the thing like with metallica never ever bad ever i've yeah. never seen a bad metallica well, show i'll be now, there so dude <laughs> he'll let I, us know they're, yeah, they're it, killer, it, it, and I'm, it, I'm excited definitely... for the opportunity to see Pantera because I probably wouldn't have seen that show if they weren't, you know, and if, if they fair. weren't oh, attached not, to something yeah, I was already going to. That's fair. I would not. That's have total that. great added value to me, yeah. and I like Wolfgang, and so it's like night one for me is a home run. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I like Wolfie um, as essentially as a pop act. Um, the uh, the Pantera, I, I agree. I would not have bought a ticket to see them under any circumstances otherwise. Um, and that's also true of Five Figure Death Punch, but I'll be probably getting hot dogs. It, hope, I'm hoping it's Dollar Dog Night at the Meadowlands. Yeah. <laughs> but right. uh, so uh, the, the, it's, it's whatever they call it, the MetLife it's Center. The Metal- oh, it's, not, it's not the Meadowlands anymore. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, that's that's gone. It's in East uh, Rutherford. 
but uh, I think that's where three or the four of us will be seeing them. But again, like this, this is like the the clout and the cred, and obviously the capital that that Metallica kind of bring. It's like these dudes, like they don't need to put out new music. They don't need to tour. Yeah, but they uh, maybe. and and but but they're they're totally doing this. And shit, I, I don't know what the ticket sales are looking like right now, but like. I'm sure like the, the extra set of tickets that we got now have probably already doubled in like value. Yep. It's just like, you know, the, once, once the tickets are gone, then uh, it's, it's going to be like, you know, we'll wait till August comes around. But like, uh, it, yeah, that's, it, it, that's the thing. We're all psyched for the show. Only nine months away. Nine months away. I don't even know if I'll be in the country. Like I got tickets <laughs> and like, we're going to be in Ireland in July for sure. And I'm like, Jennifer's like, I guess you got to come back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If some if something happens to screw up my date, I will see a different date. You you guys might see me. Like, I might end up in New Jersey with you. Like, I'll Fantastic. parachute in, like, like during cool. the show or the jetpack, like the if Olympics. You want to talk, so if you want to talk right about, on like, the stage. I, I can't even imagine the confluence of terrible events that result in you being in New Jersey. <laughs> hey, man, I, you know weirder well, things have happened but we we already we already got a plan like we, we have, obviously we're going to be stuck in jersey for like three nights uh friday you know, it's Saturday, not that far away so, you could so you could yeah, just uh, well you 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 could obviously like travel back but like it's it's you know for colin and i and and, and for Shree, it's like it's like it's like a two-hour hike back and forward so it's like two hours worth not staying in jersey for three nights get a hotel <laughs> yeah, and then seriously. just just go across the hudson and go into uh, manhattan for a little yeah, bit that's true so it's All like right. that's, that's not mm. a big deal there's the weekend metal metallica coming to a city near you uh the album is called 72 yeah is it did yeah. you buy the did you do the the buy the record with the tickets thing? i did not no. i just got no, i just got the record they say you know hetfield talked about it and he said 72 seasons is basically the first 18 years of your life how do you evolve and grow and mature and develop your own ideas and identity after those first 72 seasons that that was his thought process going into the record he said there's been a lot of darkness in my life and in our career and things that have happened to us and with us but always having a sense of hope always having that light that's in the darkness Jesus. without darkness there is no light and oh, being gosh. able to focus a little more on the light in life instead of all the how it used to be and how horrible it is does he There's know a, that that nobody cares about what he talks about it is I don't, dude ther I, therapy you know what? I people, people always, do care people do people care. do care do I, I have always i mean i know colin's colin's big into lyrics i have always admired Hetfield and his writing ability lyric wise, because it, those guys are not that much older than us. And we're in high school and he's writing shit like master of puppets. Mm -hmm. He's a very good lyric writer. Yeah. And, I and mean, so I, I've, I've, I've said my piece on James. I mean, I think I, I agree. I agree. I think he is a surrogate for a lot of the tough guy metal dudes who did not have the ability to kind of speak freely in their lives, especially a teenagers. Hmm. Uh, he 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 probably needs a, a marketing exec and an editor when he puts these statements out to the world. <laughs> yeah, but w w would you would you love James Hetfield if he didn't write a song like uh, "Fade to Black" and he just wrote a song about like you know blondes and black cars and shit? I probably would have. I probably would have. That's, that's why Hetfield's playing uh, MetLife Stadium and autographs, uh, taking <laughs> you know 
They're they're parking your car at Memphis. <laughs> 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 hey, you guys. They played at Penn's Peak, but like, <laughs> like one original member. On right, a boards. version of autograph, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. On that note, <laughs> shall we segue to duets? Yeah, and if can I start, if you don't mind the conversation, because I have to tell you. God, this, please, when this, I, I'm when this so comment, happy someone wants to. Let me let well, me sit back and drink this beer. Absolutely. I, I, I was sad when this topic was, was picked. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still am. Thanks Continue for listening, calling. everybody. Yeah. Well, no, not not because I don't want to talk about it, but but I would maybe sad's a strong word. But I'm here, reminded of I, the duet that I recorded back in 1979. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I struggle with duets because when I was growing up, way back when, duets had a relationship. Usually, the people who sang. Had a relationship with each other, right? George Jones, Tammy Wynette, Sonny and Cher, Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, like there were you know, Garfunkel, right? You know, this they, metal podcast, right? <laughs> I just it meant, totally I just yeah. meant Captain and Tennille. Like I just meant that there Jesus. were people. My my point is the duets had a relationship, and as I've aged and I've listened to the duets age, I wonder how many of the songs we're going to listen to are corporate produced bullshit to be quite honest wow. I, I i think most of them now Colin, because also there aren't that many i feel like duets are a relic of the 70s that's exactly what i was saying so i maybe what? sad was a, was a strong S- word 70s but I was and like, early oh. 80s i'm like are they really duets anymore are they are they really two people saying listen i got an idea would you sing this song with me and we're going to put it together hey, colin eddie rabbit's on the phone I'll sing with Eddie Rabbit any day of the night. But any case in point, you know but, what I mean? It's, it's, exactly. It's, yeah. But, but but all songs, just like like any sort of like, uh, you know, literature, it's, it's all creative fiction. Like if you need to like know that like Shell Crow and Kid Rock are actually in a relationship for them to sing this song, it's like, it, then you're, 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 they might have been, you're, you're already missing the point. It's like, can you, can you get into the emotionality of like, two different singers changing verses and then coming together on the chorus. And, and does that work? Um, Works when the chipmunks do it. You know, if if Lemmy and Ozzy are in a relationship and that's cool, I'm, I'm totally with that. But like, if they want to sing about being a hellraiser, uh, well then, you know, God love them. Let's do that. You know, but if it's Dottie West and, and Kenny Rogers or Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, it's like, Fine, I don't. I don't need to like Kenny Rogers was a whore. But but I, I, I but I but I get I get Colin's point and John's point as well too. It's like it 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 is a little hokey. It's a it's a little hokey, and it's and it's hard to pull off. So like this, that's part of the challenge here for us middle aged metalheads. It's like, can some bands and uh, artists, you know, collaborate in a way and pull this shit off? I think I think they can. I think you they think can. they can, huh? I think they can. A little more. And, it's, and it's nice too. It's 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 so nice. You'll see. You'll see everybody. <laughs> we got, so we got like three picks for wow. each of us. That's twelve songs. So like That's a lot just, of, you know a lot, a lot going on. Warm up a bowl of gravy, sit down prop and up, uh, prop up it. the kids. Yep, do that. <laughs> what was that? Wasn't that a David Letterman thing? He's like for the, for the top you ten know. list. Get, yeah. you know, just call program, the neighbors, prop up the kids, um, program the Roomba, and then just yeah. like let this happen to you. <laughs> just lay down and let it happen to you. Jesus, here it comes. It was like yeah. a quick turn. Oh. Um, 
Gee whiz, man. So we uh, let let's do our little duet listening party. I'm going to apologize to my co-host in advance because my first song you picked garbage. You know, my my first song is the Anthrax song "Ball of Confusion." Hold on, hold on. Is this, hold on. That's not on my that, list. That's that's not on my list, dude. No, you I gotta... don't know why "Attack of the Killer A's" is not on Spotify or Apple Music. Is it actually a a, a record? It is. It was. I mean, I I had the oh, hold CD. On. "Attack of the Killer A's" was a record. Yes, yeah. totally was. Yeah, Missed and me. and uh, I stopped and, listening to Anthrax after Among the Living and then just it, picked back. Well, up it, it's a compilation, and maybe oh, yeah, you I know, know maybe know. maybe that's why it's not on the services. But oh, for whatever yeah. reason, that one is uh, is lost to time. But it's yeah. got a good duet. So if Michael counts us in, we can at least start with that one. I've got a YouTube link for you guys in the dark. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is, 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 is everybody uh, ready? I'm, to go I, I got the YouTube? YouTube link ready to I'm go. In one me. second, waiting to even with that, without a. I don't even have an ad ready. Go whenever. Just count to three. Whenever you're ready. We, we, all, we all ready? Yep. yep. I think we are. Okay. Here we go. Uh, one, two, three, go. A lot of noise. I wanted to include this one just because, uh, you know, we did talk to John Bush a few weeks ago. I think it's a oh, good John cover of Ball of Confusion. And it's Joey Belladonna and John Bush playing with Anthrax at the same time. And Dan Loker's on this track playing bass uh, as well. That's cool. You know, the, and, you know, I do love The Temptations. And, and, and again, you should say, like, the... the they need they need a bass though. What uh, it's a, it's uh, a temptation song? John, what's that? Ball of Confusion is a temptation song. Yeah, man. It's been covered a lot. I like the good work. I think guitar work. Very good. Yeah, it's a good cover. <laughs> I, I wish they uh, used some high end guitar stuff on the horn lines because they, they they could pull that off. That's not bad. I, I, I think their voices are very complimentary towards one another, even though they're so radically different. Dude, I, I swear to you, I've never heard this, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm a huge like I I love the original version of this song, and I will I will maintain that the Anthrax is one of the best cover bands ever. Yeah, I we've talked about that before. Like they really do solid covers. I mean, they have so many Kiss covers that are great. Like it, it really, they approach covers in a way that I think is a good way to do it, where they really add their own spin to things. It's not. It's not just. But, a, but, I mean, yeah, they, just a tremendous be. amount of respect for the original. Like you can tell, they're not just covering songs. They own these songs. You know, yeah, I, 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 was just, I was just talking to somebody the other day. It's like there's. There's the point where you learn the song, and there's a point where you own the song. And when you own the song, you look back on times that you performed it previously, and you're like, I can't believe we did it then. Yeah. But yeah, this, this isn't a, like SOD sort of like music thing or anything. This is like, these are guys who like really know music, and they're really great players. And, uh, and, and, and John and, and, and Joey are like really great singers. And again, it's, it, it's a weird anomaly to like bring them both together. Because yeah, they they both you know kind of shared the mic stand, um, not shared it together, but like uh, you know exchanged it there for uh, most of the '90s, and uh, then you know 
obviously Joey's back with the band now, and maybe there's gonna be some new Anthrax music. But yeah, they they they've released like a a cool EP called I want to call it Heroes. Yes. It Heroes. Yeah. That that is basically just a, a series of covers, including like uh, Cheap Tricks, Big Eyes, and shit. There's like ACDC all, on that. There's some ACDC on there, and. It's maybe like six or seven songs, but it's 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 really great. It, it definitely sounds like Anthrax, but uh, definitely is, is true to the spirit of the original. But uh, as far as duets go, Colin, what do, what do you think of this? Colin? Oh, I love this. I'll be honest, I'd never heard it before. This is fantastic. This is really good, right? Oh, this is this is again. I love the guitar work. It's crunchy. I always like Scotty and guitars, I'm, but I, I I gotta admit, I'm I'm not crazy about the the heavy guitar part on the bass line, but it's it's not bad. That's very it's very tight, and I like the, I like the way the the vocals are working with each other. Yeah, I didn't know they had demo songs together, so I learned a little something tonight. Yeah, and, and John too. Like, didn't they? Uh, I don't know if uh, Joey and, and John toured together with Anthrax, but they, they did put out like a I, live I, record they, called. They have that album. It's like the best of both worlds record or something like that. What's it called? It's, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, yes. There there is a there is a live record where they they both like trade off on tracks. Yes. Uh, oh, that's cool. I want to call yeah, like. Are they? Are like they like the only band with an alternate singer? Who didn't have like some weird conflict? Ah, uh, like it didn't seem like pretty smooth, right? That they they went from from one singer to the next, and it wasn't like yeah, one no, trash it, it, and the it other. Was, it was it was it was not it was not always smooth. They they did have like uh, well, obviously Anthrax had like uh, originally uh, another singer uh, for uh, the Faceful Metal, Fistful of Metal, Fistful of Metal. Yeah. and then there was there was a guy who replaced john bush who recorded tracks and like toured with them for a little bit and then he was scuttled you know and then <laughs> then joey came in and they did uh the worship music record oh, right. so like yeah it, it's the scott ian band really you know yeah. for, for... but but that is a good point david i don't know if there's that many bands where where the singers have coexisted in yeah, I mean... in this way I, I mean, I'm 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 kind of far on the outside. Ben Halen's not I doing missed, a song with both guys. Like, yeah, no. I mean, like I'm I yeah. missed I missed the John Bush era. I was doing other things. I missed the fact that Joey left. That's that he was replaced. That he get like I missed the whole deal. Halloween um, brings back all their singers, so that might dude, count. They bring back everybody. <laughs> all <laughs> their guitarists. Like, like eight singers, eight guitarists, like three guitarists. <laughs> Two drummers and two singers on yeah, stage. Yeah, but there's Trans Siberian Orchestra. Dude, like. No, man, it looks like the freaking Osmonds, dude. It's it's like, what are you guys doing? Oh, man? You you should watch the video for the band TNT. They do that as right. well. Where it's oh, like, they? they have like seventeen like musicians coming <laughs> oh, out there with Tony Harnell, and it's like, holy <laughs> fuck! It's like a family reunion yeah, of everybody who was in TNT. I think we've got to get but back. But that's to a totally engine. different kind of yeah, duet. Let's, let's let's get back. We're gonna have to have Michael count us back in. Oh, Sorry, all right. So we're, we're on the Spotify the app now. So like yeah, we're on the Spotify. Uh, we go back. Wants to hear this while they're mowing their lawn or blowing some mowing leaves. Lawn. We're what are you uh, about? we're on Spotify, and here we go with uh, well. Well, let's. How about you just count us in? One, two, a three. Every time, dude. This is my pick. 
the greatest right. metal duet of all time. I mean, wow. it's the one that comes to mind, right? Dude, like, it's so... If you're going to talk metal duets, this is sort of the peak, It. I, I mean, think. you got to think about it. A, freaking Lita Ford, right? I'm not a... I'm, <laughs> Freaking Lita dude, Ford. Dude, she's a great <laughs> musician with total pedigree. She's also hot, dude. Like, when we were kids, dude, we were in high school, man. Like, whoo! Dude, yeah. Lita Ford, man. By the way, she's still whoo! Yeah, right? <laughs> Don't kind of um, who. I'm not, I'm, like, I'm not saying this to objectify, but, like, dude, when when you're in high school and you're playing guitar and this, this song comes on, you're like, wow, Lita Ford! <laughs> um, but then, like, Ozzy kills it right he's like he's doing like a million other things this song comes out and it it like legitimizes for me it legitimizes the ballad it okay, really yeah. makes the metal ballad work it yeah. comes with the video right like we were talking about like those those behind the music things hall and oates was like big in that in that video explosion this song is the whole package it's a great video really good song the record only had two singles and this was the second one right yeah right yeah it, this is you know we talked about it during the Aussie episode and and colin had pointed it out this this type of song is a place Aussie's very comfortable yeah in in being you know this has a duet so it's a you know it adds a, a different element to that but Aussie with the sort of slower mournful ballads i love the more he kills them oh, yeah. Yeah. he does always yeah he has a great he has a great for great voice for this and it, it and it kind of fits especially the theme of this song which has to do with like uh suicidal ideation and stuff um kind of like fits into this sort of like morbid dark love song that goes back and forth between the female vocalist and and, and of course ozzy um, and, th- and this song like performed really well on the charts too. It did, it did. Right? It, it, it like it, God, that keyboard so dated. I think yeah. it's, it, it, the single went <laughs> platinum. I mean, it's uh, not just dated; it's dated for '88, right? Yeah. Like it sounds, <laughs> it sounds very like '84. Oh, fucking Claude that Chanel like- from Dio wants to come punch you in the face with <laughs> his big mustache. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, here's here's the other thing is that you've got this you've got this juxtaposition of Lita who is so 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 passionate in this song and Ozzy who is very cold like he's so good at that man that like that doubled vocal sound and just like no vibrato just like dead on and she's there screaming and he's just like <laughs> just yeah. like a flat like it works it really works a great guitar solo right like that that pause where the, where the like the freaking bass drops and the cymbal is like yeah it, it, it's definitely a well produced slick uh, song of, of, of its age this is what uh, 88 I want to say maybe a little earlier no, 86 87 no, 88 oh is it 88 it is 88 okay. huh. I didn't think it was that I late say? Yeah, yes sir sorry Rotcut. okay <laughs> uh, no, I just, I just said 88. And so, Carl, what, do you have any particular, like, fond memories of this? Or? <laughs> just well, late nights. <laughs> I, 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 last I, Thursday. <laughs> 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 Woo-hoo. 
I just think everything about it is it's a beautiful song. And as I mean, David made some amazing points, so I'm not going to repeat all those. I I like the the male female juxtaposition in a song like this because there's emotion, as mm. you pointed out. I think it was Michael. Somebody just pointed out Lita's emotion is clear in her voice. Ozzy's restricting his emotion. Typical male angle there, and I think it, they just play off each other incredibly well. Yeah, you don't turn this you don't turn this song off when it comes on the radio. No, heck no. Matter of but fact, I mean, you kind of stop doing what you're doing and listen. Well, you, you kind of maybe turn it up and like maybe sing along too. You can do that too. <laughs> yeah, uh, when, I mean when, it deserves it deserves a deep read, Doctor Stamps. That's right. Well, and again, the deep read also involves uh, uh, the, the little little nice little anecdote that Lita provides, where she uh, met Ozzy a year <laughs> later after the song had been recorded, and said like, "Hey, lo- hey, Ozzy, what's going on, man? Like our song did really well." And he's like, "How are you?" <laughs> Like I'm leading forward. We like did that song. It's like I got two questions. The first one is, whose song is this? Mine, man. And the second one is, song. how many Lemmy songs are on our playlist? <laughs> a bunch. He got around. There's a few. This is on. This is off of March or Die, and I think that he and Ozzy and, and Slash does the guitar work. I think he and Ozzy really sound great together. And the reason I like it is because they're old. By the time this happens, and I think it's a great reflective song. Look, I'm not a nice guy. You know, I I, I did a bunch of. I've never heard movies. this. Oh, it's fantastic. So, what, what year did what year did this come out? Oh, 90, yeah, 92 ish. I'm gonna say as a guess off the top of my head, early ain't, 90s. Ain't no nice guy. And this is, this appears on March or Die. Uh, yeah. Motorhead record. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me throw in a little little harmony. Oh, I think it's again. It's it's just so reflective, and and he's, they're talking about what they've learned. I thought I had it down. I didn't really have it down, you know. I, I I thought about what I did, and you know what? I I'm probably not a nice guy. And th- and this is an original song too, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me wrote this. Well, I, I imagine Ozzy had something to do with it, but I believe it's a Lemmy composition. He usually does it. He usually okay. does it. All right. Well, yeah. Ozzy, you got anything to contribute to this? Who are nope. you? <laughs> yeah, just, just give me the lyric sheet and I'll sing it. Thank you, That's Bob Paisley. I mean, I, I mean, how many, how many of the duets are ballads? Uh, probably a lot. Yeah, probably a lot. A good number, right? Yeah. Not mine, but just one of mine. Oh, there we go. There's a little yeah, bit like, going on. Yeah, like the now, it's now, now it's picking up. Yep. This is the part where they fight. <laughs> I can see them drinking while they're having this conversation late this at night. A, this was on Motorhead's record. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's on yeah, March or Die. And then he talks about Slash, because Slash comes in to pull the solo, which I think is just a nice little touch. That's good tune, I, man. I got, thank you. I got, thanks for that. I, I haven't heard this. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of Motorhead. Um, but my go-to, my go-to is like No Remorse, you know, the double album, right? Right. Uh, Overkill, uh, Orgasmatron, right? Well, I, this I, is I, this is part of the '90s output with, with, with bastards and, yeah, and yeah. you know some other ones. And there's some really great tracks on there that got not a whole lot of love because, quite honestly, in the '90s, you know, they didn't sell as many records. <laughs> we had enough. Yeah, we kind of were like, kinda, all right, you know. It's like Chuck Berry. Like, I just need like five songs. Right. 
All right, yeah, so, you don't have to record anymore. <laughs> so, so we already said, like, you know, we, we we already admitted that, like, yeah, Ozzy's good at like being the accompanying voice to like do some sort of morphin kind of like, uh, you know, slow down, sing a song, but like, Lemmy, mm-hmm. is this yeah. is this what is this what you think of like when you like, I'm gonna do Motorhead and introduce kids to Motorhead just to frighten them. He was very very introspective at times. He was, but also, like, not all of even the heavy songs are, like, fast burners, like Ace of Spades, right? Like, you take a song like Metropolis, right? Very, very, you know, kind of a slow burn, you know? Yeah, but but this is clearly a ballad. Or, like, a power ballad. It's not like... I don't know that it qualifies as a power ballad. Well, it's... That'll that'll be in another episode. And it's definitely a little ballady. Now, which I heard one of you geniuses picked this song? I'm going with John Harden. Oh, dang! Really? What do we got? This is like, a Michael pick. Ooh, if here you we go. Wanna uh, ride, here's a little. Ride, you wouldn't have been that far pony. off, though, David. Like White Pony's a fucking good record. Shit! Check out. The, the, so this rich. this is some uh, some deft tones here. Oh, Doing a little song called about. Passenger with uh, this other vocalist who's also joining uh, Chino Moreno. You're going to have to uh, cut his the chase is, here, dude. The uh, song's already started. Maynard James Keenan. <laughs> and this this thing is going to happen to you. It's going to take about six minutes Are you for it to take me? effect. <laughs> yeah, so like... So what just, what's wrong with you? So just put put like the little caps on your eyelids and I'm just gonna go to the like bathroom. rip the fuck <laughs> out. Do you know this album, Dave? No. I don't even know who this uh, band it's, is. It's you really good. You don't know these metal? Tones? I don't think oh, these are... They don't sound metal. They are it. They sound like they showed up to the wrong gig. They opened for Metallica when I saw them back in the... This is one of those bands that, that, like, they're in the periphery of a Weren't lot they at of the metal. stadium thing with Lincoln Park? Sorry, go ahead. Just, just, just gonna say, people who know, know. Well, I don't know. I David doesn't I, know. I don't know. Like, I this is a band that shows up on the periphery, like in in like in like punk and hardcore scenes. You'll see like dudes with like um, the flesh eaters shirts, and I'm like, I'm just not into the flesh eaters. Right. Well, can't and help again, you, man. But if you haven't listened to the Flesh Eaters, then you don't know. If you haven't listened and, to Deftones, and I'll never listen. To then you don't know. But this is this is I, the shit right here. This since is what we've they got do. six minutes, Mike. Can I tell you a story? Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I've lived in Philadelphia for most of my life, and it became a point of pride that I have never been in the same room, nor have I ever seen with my own naked eyes the Liberty Bell. And one day I was walking down Market Street with someone who had not ever been in Philadelphia, and they said, it's the Liberty Bell, and they pointed, and instinctually I looked, and I was like, Gah! That's right. me right now at the Deftones. So, so it's like you, you could live in, in a place your entire life, and you need like somebody just showing up for the first time to like point out the obvious. Like I'm waiting for the first time that that's, I hear that. That's stupid, what our podcast I'm, is all I'm about. I'm waiting right now for the first time I hear the stupid uh, Paul McCartney Christmas song. Also, these are the Deftones. Oh right, that's what I meant. I'm waiting for the first time <laughs> with, I hear the Deftones. With 
Maynard James Keenan from Tool. Bringing some extra shit. Can you like it's, hold, it's, hold it, up it, a, it, like a like a yellow card when it's one guy and a red card when it's the other guy? Okay. Which one's that? That's still Maynard. Okay. That's Maynard. Because right Maynard. now it sounds like a tool song. That's still Maynard. Except without the bass player. We need somebody who went like... <laughs> uh, you're, you're thinking of Primus. No. no, dude. Just like somebody turned their math homework into a bass line. <laughs> On the mouth bass tonight, David Timmy. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, this 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 is a time where like Maynard was like still doing uh, stuff with uh, the Perfect Circle and stuff, and so like the music was a little bit more. I'm not gonna say experimental, but it, it was definitely a lot. I'm, I'm gonna use the word. I'm gonna say like it was sexier music. It was like it, it didn't do all the math rock. That like uh, later like Tool records do like when they come out like every fifteen years or so, <laughs> like fucking uh, cicadas. This shit is good <laughs> live. Deftones are a great live band. Yeah? Okay. yeah, yeah. Who do they play with? They tour regularly with anybody. I mean, who, who's they, in their they scene? Tu- they tour. Well, I think their scene is sort of like Colin was saying. You know, early early two thousands. I want to say guys. Mid nineties, early two thousands. Are they still together? They're still together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, they. I think they're in that sort of uh, Lincoln Park uh, area. They're they're harder than Lincoln Park. It it was Deftones, Lincoln Park, Limp Bizkit, and Metallica. They did a stadium way. Oh, yeah. Whatever year that that was. Yeah, whatever (laughs) year I was. That's when the Deftones. Yeah, I I mean, I, I think I think they'd probably be like maybe Corn. Like yeah, in that yeah. in that mm-hmm. sort of ooh. Yeah. yeah. Well they're 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 definitely of that era, but they are not of that sort of like They're 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 not like very bro y. No, they're 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 like serious like yeah. food, music, hard grooving, like space they, they they do something with the time and space of the music. And again, like anybody who who, who knows Deftones, you listen to that music, it's like it's like something between like, what if you put together, I don't know, like Tool and Radiohead, and you made it like wow. more thoughtful and just sort of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to feel use, like you should not, call up the dude from Radiohead and be like, if you were more thoughtful. I don't. Oh no, I don't no, think yeah, Mike's no. completely wrong in that analogy. Like, yeah. It, 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 ah. It, it, uh, okay. You know what? So, there we was, go. Here, here's a duet for you. You know when somebody says, think of a cool duet, and then like everybody thinks of like crappy duets, and then somebody goes, well, what about this? And you're like, oh, crap. Right? <laughs> right? So, John, bring us in. Temple of the Dogs, Hunger Strike, featuring a duet between Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Edward Vedder of Pearl Jam. I mean, this is, this is, the, this is the record that, at least in my world, gives Eddie Vedder 100% of the credit he has. Well, and this was before he was Pearl Jam's Eddie Vedder, right. really. Let, yeah, I no, mean, that, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what yeah. I think. 
you know, this this was uh, put together as a tribute to Andy Wood after he had passed away from Mother Love Bone, and uh, the guys in Mother Love Bone had had yet to start their next venture, which they were they were both in the oven at the same time because, yeah. uh, I, and I know this because like before before the video started to like really take off. And again, like this is this is like classic shit because yeah. you got like all the great dudes, Jeff Ament, Stone Gossard, and Matt Cameron on drums, mm. and, and, which really is current and, Pearl Jam, It's really it's really Pearl Jam with really, Chris Cornell. with Chris Cornell. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's Mother Love what, Bone. What became like, yeah. part of like Green River? It's you know it's, it's yeah. it, it was no, that I mean I'll, war of friends and bands. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, but, for uh, sure. I mean, the shout-outs, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, the shout-outs here are two, right? The first is the shout-out to friggin' WMMR here in Philly. This song is constantly on the radio in Philly. Yeah. No lie. You, will hear, it, you are just as likely to hear this as as kind of like a low-rotation pop, like pop rock song in Fuck Philly. Yeah. This yeah, is really it, it, it perseveres. Seems so yeah. bad when this is on the radio. But you know, you know, when listen you to how to... great Chris Cornell sounds. Yeah. Like, I mean, Eddie Vedder sounds great. I mean, no, oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie he's Vedder's laying it down. Baritone here, but but the um, I'll tell you, the second shout out, which is actually the first shout out, is you know when you go to parties like with metal dudes and people bring records and people bring cassettes or CDs. Those Rock Hill Road Joey Mahoney parties and Scott and all those dudes from from Rock Hill Road, at any given night, dude, five or six dudes were bringing this cassette yeah. to the part. Like, we we wake up in the morning, sweep the rug, and we're like, oh, 15 dudes left their copy of Temple of the Dog. <laughs> I, we talked we about we talked about it during the Soundgarden episode that you know it's like when when the the wind started to blow a different way and and a lot of our metal bands were were starting you know starting to struggle in that time and Soundgarden became our bridge music like this made it very easy to go you know what things are going like to be okay yeah. i like this a yeah. lot yeah You're not wrong. and, and, and not again wrong, like man. when i when i first went to uh, tower Dude, records takes after up, see it see it so see it in the good. video they're like, hey, you want the Temple of Dog record, right? I'm like, yes, I want the CD. They're like, are you familiar with this band called Pearl Jam? I'm like, he's the lead singer who, who you see on the video. It's like, so I bought the two. Together. I'm gonna tell you when 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 people start talking about being, you know, whatever whatever terminology you want to use, but being aware of the greater world and the, the, the needs and the problems of the, of the world, uh, local and, and beyond. This stuff, people are like, holy crap, there's a whole world, like metal dudes, metal bros are being like, you know what, man? This yeah. is important. Colin, what do you got for Hunger Strike? We just- uh, it, well, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden for me were not instant hits, but I really liked the Temple of the Dog album. Yeah. That, that song was more approachable for me anyway, and I, it hooked me pretty early on. It's a great album. Let me start by saying you're welcome. You know, I, I, I w- can you explain to me how this is a, a duet, please? I am, I am, not, I am not aware. I yeah. am absolutely. I know how it is. Ex- I am absolutely going to explain to you. The first thing is, this is a freaking awesome record. This oh, whole record. No, it, it if you record. bought this on vinyl back in 1973, it came as a as a snakeskin wallet with a 
let with a billion dollar bill inside. Although I will say, I mean, I get Colin's point. I don't know how duetty it is. It's It's almost more background vocals. Yeah, what? what is, who say. is the other oh, person? Hold on. Donovan. On? Hold on. Oh, hold Donovan's on. back there? That is Donovan providing the background. I never knew that. Yeah, so now you know. Um, this is Alice Cooper before Alice Cooper was an individual and Alice Cooper was a band. And this record is amazing for a lot of reasons, but not the least of which, that drum riff is the beginning of about five different songs. Yeah, it's, it's on the so Entomb- good. It's on the Entombed Wolverine Blues record. There's a lot of songs. I think there's an Anthrax song that starts off with that same riff. That um, the same way that there's that 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 uh, that Ace Frehley solo is in like is in like a Pearl Jam song and an Anthrax song and all these other songs. Um, but yeah, Billion Dollar Babies is a duet because it features one. Donovan in the chorus. Um, it is listed on the record as a duet, and it is listed historically as a duet with your man Donovan, dude. How awesome is it that these dudes in 1973 are pulling out jackasses like Donovan? It's cool, but it's it's less duetty than other duets. Oh come on! By the moon, rising in the sky. Awesome. Oh, it's so good! I love this record so much. <laughs> this record, it's, a, it's a good track. Uh, yeah. it's a it's a good track. It's a it's a darn good reason to listen to this song. Um, I I just think that the the early Alice Cooper. I think you you should look for for any any reason any reason to listen to this this song uh, or to this record rather. Um, it's, it's it's always bumping on uh, Ozzy's boneyard and stuff. But like, yeah. But, but like, did, did I miss the part? Like, how it's a duet? Is yeah, he... Donovan, dude, singing in the oh, chorus. Donovan's on there. Okay, okay. I I, I did step away so, first. I mean, just for what it's worth, the as I love to point out, Alice Cooper always has a triptych in his old records. On this record, the triptych is the last three tracks of Side Two: Sick Things, Marianne, and I Love the Dead. And if you've got nothing else. But about 11 minutes, put on the last three tracks of Side 2 and listen to Six Things, Marianne, which is a goofy little piano tune, and I Love the Dead. You're welcome. But in the meantime, Alice Cooper. Oh, you know, babies. Very good. Very good. <laughs> and I Love the Dead. They're nice. Before they rise. What do we got? Oh. <sighs> I know whose track this is. I just looked at the artist. I just how long? No, I just want to know how long it is. It's less than uh, six minutes. Thank you. Well, it's less than six minutes, but do we even know who the who the duet person is? Yeah, Christina. I'm gonna say Scabia. Scabia. (laughs) We know the name, but who is she? Oh, she's from. uh, She's she's from from, uh, uh, Lacuna Coil. Lacuna Coil. Oh, okay. Who? Lacuna Coil. Look, look them up. They're really good. I'm looking them up. They're a band. <laughs> they are a band. It's to Le Yeah. I, what I liked about this and the reason it's on here is because what? we all... What? Are you... What's, what happened, David? We're talking about... You look them up and see what happens. <laughs> I, I listen to them. I have a bunch of their albums. Wow. This is a, this is a good, groovy, mega-dead track. 
I thought what I really liked about it was I thought when the original came out on on the original uh, Euthanasia album, it had it was just Dave Mustaine, and I thought that the female influence really made a difference in a song that seemed to me a song about love and missing somebody. I thought her voice, first of all, it's a great voice, but I thought it made a big difference in how the song was perceived. So that's why it's on my list. This is awful. Is she singing in French? <laughs> well, she the, part of it's in French. The chorus is in French. Oh! It's a, a tout le monde! A tout le monde, which means... Tout le monde. Uh, David, this is a perfect which example like of... Everybody. Uh, Sharpening your knives for Dave Mustaine's attempt to be <laughs> clever. Just, I will say she she uh, she brings some class to the song. I Thank like you. Voice. I, I feel I, I just I will never get over Dave Mustaine's voice in any point. He just sounds terrible. I'm just like, waiting for him to be like, set me free. That's exactly. <laughs> Yeah, like, see, I love the guitar do, work, do you like, and they sing together. You, you can imagine the work's like, not bad, and the, and it's you. understated. His, his from guitar, Mustaine, work, which listen, is a rarity. His guitar work is always good. His guitar work should be like my, when I was, when my With kid a better was little. Band. No, man, like when my kid was little, she had this guitar, right? And it was a Wiggles guitar. You know the Wiggles? Mm-hmm. And you push a button, and it would play like some little like metal riff, like with distortion, and it'd be like. Wee, 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 that's where Dave Guitar's work should be. He should in a wiggle guitar, guitar? In, in, into like a little kid's toy that you just hit it and it's like, <laughs> and that's it. But I don't need, I don't need this. No, okay, well, I, just, I, it, I like it. Again, it's it, it's really great. She she, I don't know, when when I hear this, it reminds me like, oh shit, this is not Doro. I always, oh, in my head, I always be like, "That's Doro singing." Nope, nope. It's, Here's uh, the indictment. Give us some of her singing right there. Gabbiata. The indictment is: this is better than 99% of the Megadeth that's out there, and it's terrible. Oh, well, uh, but again, it's like so. Is there something that it, 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 you have to like compare this to the original? I guess too. Like, the original what? Uh, this is a remake of his own song. Yeah, this is remake really? of his own song. Yeah, he added her and remade it on United Abominations. Oh, gosh. And the first and, one was but, on Euthanasia. Was, was the original this cheesy? It was just him. It's the same song, just him. Oh, okay. It, and that's I, why I was saying. Again, I, I like it. It's it's definitely not like a, your, your typical Megadeth song. Right, this and that's like, why. Yeah. Dave, Dave trying to be clever is like when a ninth grader is like, hey, do you like this song? Yeah, I like this song. It's great. Great, then set me free. Where do you keep coming up with the semi-free shit? That's what it means. Yeah. No, it's not what it means. It's totally what it means. Ozzy and Lemmy return to the party. Oh, check this Ozzy shit is, out. Ozzy has entered the chat. <laughs> I, oh, I think that Dave did a fine job inviting her. All right. So, like, uh, let's have a party. Let's go to the rainbow room there and uh, have, have a drink with Ozzy and Lemmy. Right. And let me to the like, main stage. Let me to the main they're, stage. They're gonna, they're gonna <laughs> let me to the main stage. They're, they're thinking about this song, and again, it, this is this is definitely like an Aussie song, right? And you bring Lemmy on to it. It's like you know like, the interesting, like you know the interesting level thing. Of cool. 
The interesting thing, Michael, is they each released this song, their own version on their albums at the same time. This is true, right? Yeah. They each recorded it on their own album solo. (laughs) Solo and also you got the duet version. Right. (laughs) So you could just have Ozzy singing this or Lemmy singing it or you could have them both. Michael. (laughs) I feel better for Dave Mustaine now. (laughs) What? Yeah, I I wrote something kind of groovy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> David, are you enjoying the fuck out of this or not? Oh, he's recycling. He's crying. That's what he's doing. It's so bad. <laughs> it's a, it, it's definitely a club banger. You can uh. you can play this like if you're just like making some uh, macaroni and cheese at home for the kids and stuff. It's no billion dollar babies, I guess. But but, imagine. I mean, it's like, yeah, this is funky. uh, One, it's a duet. Two, it's metal. It's Lemmy and Ozzy. These dudes don't even need last names. Dude, just because you put hell in the title doesn't mean it's, it's metal, man. David's got a case of the sillies. Oh, oh my goodness. John, um, redeeming value of this song. I, I'm, I'm struggling. I don't think I don't think this one's that good. It, it, it's got this sort of like, just like swing. Yeah. Then, like, then Lemmy jumps in. And, like, I don't know. Dude, you I, can just imagine they're in a, like I, 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 I definitely don't think it was good enough to be included on two records, let alone <laughs> one. This is like filling out. You know what I mean? This is like, uh, this assuredly has to be song eight or nine on both records. Dude, this like, ima- just imagine, like, just like conjured up in your mind. Big, huge festival, right? Hey, Lemmy. Yes, EC. Brett has to go check his blood sugar. Can you sing Unskinny Bob? <laughs> It does kind of sound like Unskinny Buff. I, you know, it, it is, you know. Sure, mate. I, okay. <laughs> Let, Lemmy and Ozzy have definitely had a fruitful partnership. You know, there's so many songs that Lemmy contributed to on No More Tears. And, you know, I think I think we had a better example of their collaboration earlier in the show with, with that first track we heard. I don't know. This just seems a little throwaway, I think. I think it's. it's I think it's a Bobby bag. doll baseline. It does sound like Unskinny Bob. Like it really <laughs> does. Where's my guitar, dude? Let me start shaking it, dude. It's obviously it's 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 good for a laugh. Take his glasses off and wipe tears away from his Irish eyes. He's like, I've got a new idea for a Gasmatron. Just hear me out. <laughs> I think this came afterwards. This came after o- Orgasmatron. Nah, man, Orgasmatron was back in the 80s. I think Orgasmatron's like 80... Like 80, 80, 80 87, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But Dude, I'm out of breath. Like, my chest hurts. You had a case of the sillies. I did not, dude. This song sucks. Okay, well, 
That's what it's I'm, there I'm, for. I'm writing a letter to Lemmy. And, and I, I don't want to believe it's a full six minutes long, but... Wait, what is it with you? It, it when was this released? 91. Yeah, it's the early 90s is when they all released their songs, the versions of okay. the songs. All right, so here we, here we go with uh, John's selection. I'm going to withhold all judgment. <laughs> Why? This and, is the and, first and time all... you've heard this song? No, dude. Do you remember I texted you about this song? <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. Give it, I don't remember. Go do your thing, man. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm i not a huge duets guy. <laughs> and uh, was struggling a, a little bit to find a song that I like to uh, to include in my playlist. And I do like this song. And I think it's interesting that they brought in uh, Marianne Faithful to to do her part in the chorus. It's not a traditional duet in the sense of a of a key back and forth, but uh, you know, ha- having her come in to to sing along with the chorus, I think, is kind of cool. It's different. I love this song. I love everything about this song. Her voice is is so haunting. It's haunting, exactly. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard it, I sat back. I said, what is that? Like, not in a bad way. <laughs> Just like, is it a ghost? Is it a spirit? I think, what is that? I think she does an amazing I mean, job. A, a middle-aged woman song. pleasuring herself. That's not what I thought at all. <laughs> yeah. And I'll try not she to think that now. She just leans back. <laughs> let's it happen to her. <laughs> So, so what, what Keep does playing, about, James. What, what does it say in Metallica? I need to light, some, need to light a cool. Cool's where they're like they're experimenting with like, hey, we could like have other artists come in and we could, you know, kind of like expand our palette in a way. Yeah. And again, Marianne Faith. Robert. Robert like can't make it. Bring in Flea. David's just hearing it right now, going like, what the fuck is this? Okay, so I'm going to remind you, John. Dude, I was in Ireland, and I was listening to the radio, and I'm like, dude, I don't know what's wrong with my radio, but it sounds like there's like a midget singing along to it. The video is even scarier. It's a cool voice, though. I I think it's interesting, too, Colin. I I think it it was kind of a cool idea, and the video is cool, too. Does it have a midget? It's the best one, too. I'm going to start calling you guys up. This will be the weekend metal next, huh? (laughs) It will be for a little bit. Back. I think the load albums have really grown on me in the last, you know, ten plus years. I like them. I like them a lot, and, and I think that there's just some really cool things that they did on these albums. And I think this is one of those examples of, of bringing in somebody to add a little something, not take over the song, just a little something. Yeah, little something, a little something to make it a little different and, yep. and, and change it up a bit. I agree with you, John. It's not it's not really a duet, but her influence in the song is important. Yeah. It definitely it's, adds like it's a mixed little, uh, it's mixed very texture. weird. And I don't 
But how is this any different than what Donovan did for Alice Cooper 10 minutes ago? It's the because exact same song. No, Bro, no, no. Alice no. Cooper is James Hetfield and I mean, she's Donovan. This, honestly, if this were in a movie, it would cut to like where a lady's washing dishes and just singing over top of the song on the radio. I don't no, this is like when a lady's like sounds, washing blood off her hands. It just sounds very disjointed from the song. And, that, and that's what no. throws me. It doesn't fa- sound like it's part of the song. No, 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 no. It, it's definitely meant to be like gross and haunting. And it's like it doesn't. It's 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 just not. And also, it's fucking recorded well. It's not like, recorded well. It's not mixed. It doesn't sound like it's in the same space. And that's I have a real problem with it because it does. I literally thought there was something wrong with my radio. Like you no, hear how how like no. how 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 thin. I'm gonna. I'm mm-hmm. gonna disagree. I think Colin will disagree too. Maybe John too. It was his pick. It's like, Dude, what yeah. a great song. This is Here mine. we go. Oh, is Lemmy oh. singing with some other Oh, my God. Now? Lemmy, once again, singing, but this time with Girls' School, dude. I love this song. I first heard this on No Remorse. It's so good, dude. Don't Please don't touch. I love this song in general. I love it when metal bands and rock bands and heavy bands play like straightforward like 12 bar blues style songs like old oh, yeah, school that's, that's sounded... basically all girls school could do but like no it's but i mean it's shit. like it's they're like they're committed to it it's not you know it's not like a band like you know i could imagine like anthrax doing a 12 bar blues type song and making it heavy don't make it heavy yeah. girl school is really kicking out like a good blues tune right yeah and Lemmy is just sliding in as as he would say, he's not a metal singer, he's a rock and roll singer. And this song, it's dirty, it's grinding, and it's perfect. It's exactly what it needs to be. And it's one of my favorite, 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 like guest singer type duet songs of all time. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's the way to like look at it. Like you got like a guest singer, not necessarily like a duet. It's like, hey, can we bring Lemmy in on this one? And girl school and Lemmy did like more than more than one or two. I'm sure like, they did collabos. a lot of things together. Just, just oh, like wow. Lemmy did stuff with uh, Wendy O. Williams <laughs> as well. I bet. Well, yeah, and other things. Who would have thought that Lemmy would have been the king of duets? I don't know. He, he has the voice for it, right? I mean, you like think about Diamond, it, right? Like Kenny Rogers of <laughs> those beautiful dulcet tones. <laughs> it's like. Who could we get to sing on this? Can I we wish get I knew Bennett? somebody with, with a growth on his face. Oh, yeah, Lady Gaga, Mr. Chance. This <laughs> <laughs> is a voice to frighten children in their sleep. I mean, I love Harry Styles, but do you know anybody with a little bit of a... I guess a little, little more character? Broke? A little more character? Can we get that? Like, give me, give me here, give me. This, this song has like a lot of shake and bake to it. I love it. I want it. this. I want the Sheeran, but I also want like the cancer. Yes, I want the bowl. I want the bowl <laughs> on the face. I need like a drink in one hand, a cigarette in the other, and well, something to put in this big playlist. I, I, I need, I need a Fu Manchu beard. <laughs> Nobody would have said Lemmy would have been here three times. Yep. Let, let, let me is the Beetlejuice. I'm just going to say, I had like seven more songs picked. We can talk about them shortly. Oh, Jesus. Oh, or now. Holy oh, hell. Shit. Here Colin. we go. Colin, you're yes. up. Yes. <laughs> because I hear, I hear the, the 
pummeling sounds. Please don't touch was two minutes and 47 seconds death long. Punch. Yes, indeed you do. With. Look at the cover of this record. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It doesn't even look like a good comic book. It looks it looks like they turned Rob Liefeld like they said, just go for it. It looks like one of those shitty image covers from like 1997. They have such great vocals. Then you add really? the, the metal god himself. I'm praying he comes in to save the day. He'll come in. Not his turn yet. Did you see the great so th- vocals? So this is uh, like, like his singing in this song. By, by you know what he sounds like? This guy uh, sounds like Rob Halford. This guy sounds like the when you entire ask song sounds like like in the the part in the Pantera song when he's like, "We're taking over this town," <laughs> but it's a whole song. I enjoy the vocals. He sounds like what people think they sound like when they're singing along to a record, but they're like got headphones on and they're vacuuming the floor. <laughs> and you're like, dude, you know you don't sound like that dude. Like I totally sound like that dude. <laughs> <laughs> like when when your son's telling you something's cool. <laughs> Dad, you know it's totally cool when you do that thing. Okay, you want me to do it? I'll do it for you. So, so, so Carl, when, when, when does Mary Ann Faithful come into this song? Uh, she's at the end. <laughs> oh, here he comes. <laughs> it's better with Alfred. It doesn't Halford, he sound. Halford he sounds, sounds like he's making. Halford sounds like he's making fun of the five finger death punch guy. And this is the opening track for this album. I thought it was cool that Rob was like, "Hey, you know what? Let's do track number one together." Do you know who this sounds like? It sounds like um, the voice that Dan Aykroyd uses in Dragnet. The Joe Friday voice. Yeah, well, in that song, City of Crime. Oh, oh, we could have done that as a duet, City of Crime with Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. You could have. But instead, we got Five Finger City and Rob Halford. I, I you can call me Al a duet. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is, technically. Who? Jeffy <laughs> Chance. No, he's just in the video. <laughs> Rob, Rob Halford's like another voice who shows up and, and does like a lot of like guest vocals on band songs and stuff. He was on a song that we played recently called... Uh, by Queens of the Stone Age called uh, Feel Good Hit of the Summer. He's the one who sings Co-co-co-co-co-cocaine! What? Oh, okay. But that's not necessarily a duet. I mean, cocaine is always a duet, technically. Yeah. You and the cocaine. Yeah. You know, you got to do with friends. Then that friend is We'll see these guys with Metallica, everybody, in August. Make sure you come in and catch that set. Dude, there's a part of me that wants to, like, record some five-finger death punch songs. And then there's another part of me that wants to just jump off a bridge. There are not enough khakis and polos to get me. We'll see when you get in there, Michael. I bet there's a lot of those Proud Boy dudes listening to this stuff. Oh, hell yeah. They're like... I've been learning the five finger death punch. Are we and how to talk uh, like this? Yeah, they like talking like that. Yeah, nah, dude, I'll never get it. I'll never get it. No, no, and don't, and don't. Um, And also, here we go. Who stole my my pick? 
Dude, this is my pick. Good for you. All right. So if you're going to like, oh, okay, so this is a, a great collabo. This is the the wizardry or the, the genius of, uh, of Rick Rubin. It's like, why don't we take this, uh, this, uh, this hip-hop band that I've been working with on Def Jam and pair them with uh, Aerosmith? And you know this song is awesomely the best metal would, collabo there is i would say yeah from a pop radio standpoint this is just as big as close my eyes was in the metal community this was so huge fucking, on the pop radio. so fucking improbable though like you couldn't even imagine this you go back to like this is like straight out of 86 you go like if you're like in your dorm room with like rick rubin like smoking dope going like what happens if we like bring this genre of music together with this genre of music and just like make it happen? No. I think there's a lot going on here. Clearly there, there is. definitely is. <clears throat> I think that the thing that this song the thing that this song did for me was it reinforced the idea that early hip hop was just rock and roll. Right, the, the the rhyme schemes were very very simple, and the and obviously the samples they had were were basic because they were they were pulled like breaks from dance records and, and rock records. But what a great freaking record! I mean, I man, for dudes to, like I was already into hip hop at this time, and probably a lot of us were. This really opened up. Yeah. So this much. broke the bank at this point. It's kind of like, like holy right. hell, dude! It was like if you weren't already into like LL Radio, African Mambada, Planet Rock, and like all the dance tunes yeah. and, and stuff that was out at the time, Beastie Boys, License to Ill. Like, if you weren't already there, this was the song that got you there. Yeah, but 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 you, you made a point that the there, David, though earlier. It's like the idea is like it's like all all the stuff that was like all the break beats and shit. All the stuff that looks like sampled by like you know like by like uh, DJs like uh, like Herc and all all the other stuff like Steinsky with the lessons right you know it's it, it, you know it's like it, it's always been rock and roll and it's like as most definitely like rock and roll has always been black music absolutely it, it took the words right out of my mouth that's you know, exactly so right. So when it comes back this way, it's like, oh, now I have to like reassess. It's like, yeah, oh, like, like you know, like, uh, there are white people in England doing <clears throat> Led Zeppelin stuff. It's like, yeah, nope, no. Nope. I mean, you think I mean, come Clap, up with that Clapton shit on was, their own. Clapton was open with it, yeah, from the very beginning. He's Stones like, I stole all the black people's music. Yeah. Um, no. That's Straight admiration up, without absolutely, absolutely. preparation. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I can't say enough about it. It's just... No, it's, it, it's definitely an interesting cultural movement, too, when you see, uh, you know, uh, you know Steven Tyler and Joe Perry up there with uh, with Run DMC and stuff, like, and going like, okay, this is where, this is, this is where we, like, brothers start to like there we go figure it out dude run the mcs they, they were it they were i mean people talk about bc boys being the first crossover you know or being the crossover it was dmc for this sure this came first this yeah. came yeah. first 
Yeah, and for folks, and for folks in the '90s, you know, remember when, um, like, when LL Cool J did the the unplugged with Pop's Cool Love, like that kind of stuff. Like, it was done. (laughs) Well, what what about Paul Stanley's rap on, uh, you know, that that song? All hell's breaking loose. Look it up. All hell's breaking loose. What be that? Why you got to look like that? You know. Now that was pretty. Uh, Sunset, that was pretty legendary. Yeah, 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 not wrong. But it was it was there. Was Debbie and, Harry. And, and, and some more Brooklyn boys <laughs> there. Gene and Paul. I know. Yeah. Representing for the streets. <laughs> Straight out of Sellersville. Straight out of California. <laughs> yeah, but again, this this definitely unlike uh, Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> Music for like the better. You can start a lot of sentences with unlike five finger death punch. Just yeah, and, it, and it, it's unfortunate that they're going to retire and they're not going to like make music anymore or perform live. That's I don't I don't know how the world is going to respond to that. You talking about uh, who? Five finger death. Who? Do, do we still got another one coming up? No, that's oh, no. so. That Who's? and the duet party. Who, now, who, who, who Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. All right. Okay. So, honorable <laughs> mentions. Who had nobody's fool? I did. Oh, oh, I are did. these all yours? I had it too. Not, not oh, all. Okay. Of, not, right. I don't think they're all mine, but like I, I just put them there as sort of like a scrib sheet, sort of like. <sighs> Is that on the Hailstorm record? Um, I'm not sure whose record that's on, but like, um, I remember like listening to it like uh, maybe like two or three years ago but like you know so tom kiefer collaborated with uh lizzie uh, lizzie hale and yeah. they redid uh, nobody's full one it's like all right so like one good song two tom kiefer still alive and three you got lizzie hale on it it's like and then you it's actually it. on Tom's solo record, the way the way life goes. Yeah, and and, he, and he's been putting out like a lot of good stuff with with his band and <laughs> stuff. It's not like metal, but then again, like the second, you know, uh, Queen uh, Cinderella record wasn't really metal either. They kind of they got into that whole blues thing that they invented. <laughs> right? It's like oh. Huh? Ooh, that 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 seamstress blues stuff. Like, See, yeah, they, they they invented that. Well, they might have stole it from like Led Zeppelin. But anyhow, but like, yeah. So check out that so, song. That's another good one. <clears throat> so, uh, Ozzy and Gary Moore, Lead Clones. Right. That's that's a really good uh, moment. Who's Gary Moore? What guitar, uh, fuck guitar Irishman? player, the, the 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 Thin Lizzy dude. Yeah, the Thin Lizzy dude. <sighs> Gary Moore. I'm just making sure we're talking about the same guy here. Yeah, no, <sighs> this is uh, his from his. Uh, um, I don't know what number album. Did you remember? Like, but you remember you would see him in Hit Parader, and it's like if you didn't know Thin Lizzy, they're talking about Gary Moore as if you should know who Gary Moore is. But if you're a famous guitarist, yeah, it, no, no, no. It, it, now it, he's a famous guitarist. Like back then, he was just a dude from Thin Lizzy, and if you missed the fact that he was in Thin Lizzy, you had no idea who he was. Right, and and and, and that's what I thought. Too. And he was ugly. Oh, right. No. Oh, it looked like he got hit in the face with a couple of bats, dude. Like who did the Dream Weaver song? Gary, who? Who was that? It wasn't Gary Dream Moore? Was it Weaver? Dream Weaver. 
No, what was it a Gary somebody? Dreamweaver? Yeah. I don't know who it is, but they're beautiful. That's person. fucking left field, Colin. I don't, yeah. Sorry, I thought it was Gary Moore. Gary Wright. Thank you. That was close. It's a good song. But, uh, By the no. way, this Lizzie Hale song is better than half the stuff we have on our duet. Enough. Enough. Time. It's okay. really good. Yeah. yeah. But like, like women. I, I first learned about Ireland and the Troubles from listening to Gary Moore's record. Uh, okay. The one, the one that preceded the one after the war is called. Uh, that's an, that's another episode entirely. How we learned about wild, the troubles. Wild country, wild country, big country. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not <laughs> They're from Scotland, bro. Oh, whatever, dude. Um, but yeah, but. Uh, All right. So let's I, let's 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 keep going. Shout it out loud is not a duet. It totally is. No, They're in the duet. same band, dude. <laughs> you know how many songs would be considered a duet if you just counted every, every song? Every Lincoln Park that, like, song. Like, oh, well, well that, that was an option? I could have picked Lincoln Park. No, it wasn't an option. You should have picked Lincoln Park. No, no, no. Duets are different. Like, could have been Lincoln Park with Jay Z. That's, Wait a that's that's not exactly. Actually, that's more of a collaboration. Too. That's a collaboration. Yeah. Duet is like two different vocalists oh, in the know. same song. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> Lemmy and Wendy O. Williams jailbait. Yep. There's but you two. That's, that's a good song. Um, oh, it is. Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow. Picture. Yeah, it's a great song. Absolutely. <laughs> as 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 much back. As, as much I love as you guys. Hate, hate Kid Rock <laughs> for all the right reasons. But uh, were there other good ones on there? But like, fucking, you know, they're Sunny and Cher. Dude, there was like three months of my life I was super into Cher on Crow. Excuse me. <laughs> she's very talented. No, when that, she's very talented. When that first record came presence. out. And then, but and she's then, talented. She is. That's what I meant. She's very talented. Yeah. No. All right, so hold on. The one you love to hate. Halford and Dickinson. Yeah, yeah. On, you know, I, I spun that thinking I was going to put it on my list. That song sucks. This yeah, is, that's why it's not on my list. Really the, two, the, the two tenors. <laughs> Halford and Dickinson. Yeah, that's why it didn't make yeah. our playlist. Yeah. Although at this yeah. stage, it could have. Speaking of, they would have speak, done better. Speaking than of songs, speaking of songs I've never heard of that probably suck. Um, I have to rock by Biff, Bifford, Lemmy, Biford. and Ang. Ugh. I'm going to yeah. say Bifford. Colin, you want to explain that? It was a Saxon song, and then he got with Angry Anderson from Rose Tattoo. and, and oh, uh, Jesus. And with Lemmy, and they did a little trio thing, a little three tenors kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's fun. <laughs> but you, you, if, you did, if, if you didn't like Hellraiser, you're not going to like that song. So it's a good thing that wasn't on the list. So, so, it, right on. so it, it didn't get better by adding two more singers? It did not. Is his real name Biff? It can't be Biff. Yeah, Biff Byford. Oh, yeah. That's his real name. Well, that's his yeah. Saxon name. So here's the thing. If your last name is Byford, but you go by Biff, that's stupid. Oh, anyway. Okay. I'm gonna, Wikipedia. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with what I believe to be the best song that didn't make the list. And that song is Almost Paradise with Mike Reno and one of the chicks from Art. <laughs> Lover boy. Yeah. What are the what are the chicks from Art? Do you think it's uh is it Anne or is it Nancy? I think it's yeah. Anne. I think it's Ann Taylor. And Wilson. Ann Wilson. Ann Wilson. Ann Wilson. Ann Taylor. That's right. I said one of the oh. Wilson sisters, but yeah. like <laughs> you want to go with Taylor. Taylor. And Taylor sells like 
couture. Plus-sized women? Shit. I don't know. Um, Ann Wilson, I believe. Um, it's a great song. I've had it in my head all week, actually, since I put it on the list. That's that's like on a soundtrack, too. Oh, I think it's on the Footloose soundtrack. Dies. Is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Footloose. All right. My money's on Footloose. Kenny and Dolly Islands in the stream? Who's that? That's got to be John. No, I put that up there. Oh, Isles, Islands in the stream? It's a great song. Dolly and fucking Kenny? It's like... Queen and Bowie under pressure? That's not Queen and Bowie. Yeah. Oh, it's Bowie and Queen. It's to- no, no. It's 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 on the Queen record. I know it's, it's Queen, on the Queen it's record. Queen featuring David Bowie. Right. But it's I. <laughs> yes. It's it's a Freddie and David Bowie song. It happens uh, to be on, on a Queen record. The rest of the band. Yeah. Sleeping. They were sleeping. <laughs> yeah. They they were they barely showed up. What's that song that uh, you could put in like uh, Mick Jagger, David Bowie, and uh, oh yeah, dancing the yeah. and and whatever song that came out of Pete Townsend sleeping with David Bowie. Is, what mm. about I'm Afraid of Americans? Oh, that's Ooh, a great that's song. Good. Is that what? a duet? That's Bowie, yeah, and Bowie Trent and Trent Reznor. Reznor. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that. I love that. Yeah. Stop that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, Bowie shows there's, there's up. Probably, you could probably how many Bowie duets could we come up with? That bet's a there's, bunch. There's like Bowie with Arcade Fire. He shows up as featured artists here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like real duets. Yeah, mm. but like it's he's a featured uh. artist. But like, uh, like how about like Bette Midler and uh, and, and, and Mick Christ. Jagger? Thank you once bird. again for well, turning I'm, into I'm, my my most obscure. <laughs> has to go. My my obscure one is going to be Laurie Anderson and William S. Burroughs. I'm done. Ooh, <laughs> that's an awesome. One. What song right? is that? And Mr. Heartbreak. It's on the. It's um. I could I could repeat all the lyrics and I can't think of the Burroughs song. Burroughs and Laurie Anderson. Yeah, that's I'll send it to you. It's going to be fucking creep fest. You know, it's it's December, it's December seventh. This will be the eighth when this comes out. A day that let's we'll live talking about David infinity. Bowie. We'll end the show with David Bowie and Bing Crosby's little drummer boy. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Terrible. When I, no, I used to love when that would come on MTV when we were kids. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. Time. You're not wrong. Good. We're gonna listen to that. Thank you once again for turning into our fine podcast. Please follow us on what's left of Twitter at M-A-M-H-Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Metal Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search Middle Age Metalheads. Uh, Michael posted up this evening the long-awaited Rock Gut Raccoon playlist. So if you want to dig a little deeper into the... uh, the dark completely. recesses of his hard drive uh, that that's there waiting for you please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that's it <coughs> that's all we got that's all we got we will talk to you uh, soon turn off the recording without like completely kicking us off yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna have some best of episodes coming up pretty soon so uh, oh, yeah. stay that. tuned for those it's a holiday tradition and you kept talking, by the way, when those guys are bantering John, I had said it just stuck the outro and cut it off. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been because you started talking. I'm like, this I, is I great. could, I could those just two, top it after that oh, sentence and be those like, two okay, this is enough. Like, it was mostly David. Yeah, we will get enough. to end it with Bing Crosby, which we haven't done on the show yet. And Mike said, will come true. 
Take my day.